Hello, I'm Tavin Allen, and welcome to OK, So Here's One, a podcast celebrating street jokes. You know what street jokes are. A guy and his Tinder date meet in a park. Uh, Street jokes are wonderful, and every episode we invite our guests to come on and tell their favorite street joke. Uh, This episode, our guest is comedian, sketch performer, actor, and CEO, we hardly ever get to say that, Leanne Linsky. Uh, She is the owner of the company Plausible, which houses online comedy shows and open mics. Uh, Make sure you check out her comedy as well, uh, but also check out her comedy Plausible.com. There are links in the show notes to that. So now, please welcome Leanne Linsky. If you watch, um, I don't, don't know if other sports do this, but on soccer... They have like little biometric, they have this biometric, basically it's a bra that they put on, which has like a computer at the back so they can tell a uh, player's like blood pressure, their exhaustion, their body temperature, like that sort of thing. So it's kind of like if you ever played like sports on like like EA Sports, like P like you know, on on Xbox or PS Five or whatever. When you see like the how tired like your players are going, they're basically doing that, <laughs> right? They're yeah, using I that mean, in, in real games. In real games, Practice. so that you know wow. they can look at a tablet and go, "Well, S- Steve is exhausted. Let's swap him out." Right? You know they're going to be. That's going to be like little boosters of adrenaline or something. They can use just one, one, yep. one per player per match. Yeah, they can just okay, let's push the juice. You're gonna. What's going to happen is they will have somewhere on the field a little box with a red cross on it, and you run over that red cross, and it increases your health. You know what they're going to do? They're incorporate this in corporate America and office workers. Like right. they're going to be like, "Oh, look at Matt. He's falling asleep in the cube." <laughs> like, they have they have that now. You just go to the break room. There's a coffee machine. Boing boing boing, and then out you go again. Yeah. Um, are you now now because of this this company that you have now? We'll get we'll get to what it is. I want to get want to get some backstory. But like, do you go to a physical office now, or like it would be weird if you went to a physical office given the nature of what Plausible is? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> okay. I, I work. Yeah. Good. I mean, I set up an office at home, but you know the commute is rough. Sure. Like, across the hall, sometimes traffic's busy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. But yeah, I work from home. Yeah, I get a lot of road rage on my commute as well. Just my wife standing in the fridge, not being, you know, not being able to find the yogurt she wants. Come on, hurry up! After meals, bathroom breaks. Everybody's yes. got a Come <laughs> I bring maybe it's my cooking. I yeah. don't know. I bring in a car horn and just like you know lay into it. Um, so you're you're in L.A. now, is that right? I was. I I moved to Seattle about two oh, okay. Years ago. All right. Mm-hmm. I knew I. I it's it's an assumption on my part, and I apologize. Like as soon as we have guests on that that are like in the uh, Pacific time zone, I immediately assume it's Los Angeles. Um, so uh, what to, what took you to Portland? It was a Portland, you said? Uh, Seattle. Oh, Seattle. We're sorry. Close. No, that's okay. Uh, the husband's job. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how I'm in Ottawa. Not your husband's what? job, my my wife's job. That's, okay, yeah. I was like, oh, I gotta talk right. to him when. Yeah, <laughs> Leanne's hubby is moving to the West Coast. Well, fuck it, I'm going to Ottawa then. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're in Seattle. I'm in Ottawa. Darcy is in Toronto. All right. So we we kind of have like a nice triangle going. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. A little bit. Definitely. A little bit. But you didn't. So you started out. This is the cursory research I've done. Waukegan, Illinois. Did I get that right? Yes, that's where I was born and raised. Halfway in between Chicago and Milwaukee? Yes, I Mm -hmm. went to Jack Benny Junior High. Mm -hmm. 
Jack Benny Junior High? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't know if it's still called that, but it was when I went there. It was called Jack Benny Junior High. Oh my god! You're the thirty ninth. Huh. I'm assuming every valedictorian address started, right? <laughs> Funny. Right? What city is that near? Rochester. Um, listen, these are jokes for people older than me. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to get Gen Z or millennials with cracks like that. So, no, yeah. so, you, so you, you grew up in Waukegan. Uh, I guess it's not that far from Chicago. Is that not. is that where the the influence for improv and and sketch came or like what what started the bug because I I, I just kind of leafed through your resume and uh, so there's a lot of sketch like Improv Olympic and Second City there's a lot of uh, a lot of stand up there's acting which yeah. which you know I guess that's the progression like you do like where where did you start where did you get the bug what is the comedy scene in Waukegan like I. Uh- so I got I I started just because my family's really funny. Okay, like it's either really funny or you're in trouble. You know, like like there's two speeds. Everything's funny or it's not. <laughs> so we were mostly laughing all the time. My parents are hilarious. They're very witted. Very. My brothers are very funny as well. Very good comedic timing. Um, and you know, I was the youngest. I was I'm seven and eight years younger than my brother. So it was kind of like I. I had to, that's what we had to do as a requirement at that point. But I didn't ever expect that I'd go into comedy. It wasn't until uh, I was 31 when I took my first comedy writing class. What? And Yeah, in 2001. And I had, so I, so I, I went, I, after, uh, I grew up in Waukegan. Right. And I went to community college there. I was first generation on my dad's side to go to college. Okay. Um, and then, like, oh, you're passing classes. Like, what? Do you want to continue? <laughs> and my brother, my oldest brother, happened to be stationed at uh, Nellis Air Force Base out in Vegas. And he's like, hey, school out here. Let me go over there and pick up a catalog and mail it to you. You know, people can Google that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he sent me this catalog and it was actually, we could afford it. I could go. So I went to university in Nevada, Las Vegas and, um, and got my degree in my undergrad in business. And I ended up, of course, I mean, I was 20 when I transferred there. So where else would you want to be in your twenties than Vegas? Right. It was, Great school. Great. So I stayed in Vegas for 16 years. But while I was there, I ended up working for a Fortune 500. And I was there for almost 13 of those years. Okay. And it was there that I did a lot of public speaking and training. And my coworkers were like, um, prompted me into going to comedy. And I had signed up for a comedy class because I was doing all these events and everything. And I and I was like, I want to write some jokes. So I took a comedy writing class at UNLV as a continuing ed thing. Mm-hmm. And then my Coworkers were like, hey, did you know the Second City has a training center out here now? And I was like, what? Mind blown. And, <laughs> and I was like, how did I not know this? And, and I mean, I grew up in the Chicago area. So I ended up taking all of their classes two and three times. And um, I did Were you that, that bad? Long. Is that why? Yeah. Okay. They're like, you need to take that over. You didn't hear a thing. I was like, no, but for everything. <laughs> um, my my motto, no but, uh-huh. which I have no but, but that's okay. Yeah. This is uh, this is my impression of my mom doing improv. Yes, and <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. lots of mom scenes. Yes, <laughs> lots of yeah. So I did that, but it wasn't until I was laid off from my job right. after almost 
15 years that my friends called me out on my promise, like, oh, if I didn't have this job I liked, I'd move to New York. So, you know, I got this phone call. My friend's like, hey, I'm subletting a place. Do you want to go in on it? And I was like, oh, I'll think about it. He's like, mm, you said you would move to New York if you didn't have that job. And I was like, mm, I'll think about it. He goes, you have one hour. <laughs> hour? And he goes, you don't understand what it's like to find an apartment in New York. You know, it's an apartment. So, uh, within the hour, I called back. I said, yeah. So I packed up two suitcases, moved to New York City. Sweet. Yeah. And that's when, so then you were doing way, I'm going to assume New York being New York, you had a lot more uh, opportunity to do stand up there. And like, like what what was that scene like? Like when you're starting, like who were kind of your contemporaries around that time? Uh, yeah. So when I, so I moved to New York in May of 2006. Okay. And um, I, I got there. I put down my two suitcases. I started taking classes at uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, mm-hmm. Brigade, which uh, in my vacation time at why I was still had my job that for many years, I went on my vacations and did their intensives. So I already done, done levels one and two. And then while I was still living in Vegas, uh, UCB opened up in LA, but they didn't open a stage. They just had a training center. Right. They let me skip a level and which was is rare, mm-hmm. unheard of. And I took level four in LA. I drove there every weekend. So when I got to to New York, finally, permanently, um, you know, I started taking level five. I took like all these electives. I started taking classes at Magnet Theater mm-hmm. under Armandias, that kind of thing. Um, and then I left New York like a month later because a go- part of my going away package from my good friends at the company, they bought me Improv Olympic. Uh, classes, five weeks of classes at I.O. Okay. So I did this month-long intensive that summer um, and then went back to New York. So, yeah, I, w- I was immersed in sketch. Right. I was immersed in improv, doing all of those things. And then I started uh, an open mic called Casual Sketch, and it was for sketch comedy because I was like, I'm writing sketch. I want to work it out before I put it into a show. And um. So all, doesn't everybody else? <laughs> and right. So a couple of months went by and people were like, uh, no, it's kind of hard to cast all these sketches. So it kind of evolved into people doing these character monologues. Mm-hmm. They put up their solo shows. They would do some people would try stand up for the first time, you know, kind of transitioning from uh, improv into stand up. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, one of my favorite comedians, Bob Bell, he showed up. He's like, hey, I don't know if you've ever seen him, but he's got this really gravelly voice. And he's like, hey, I heard there's an open mic here. And yep. I was like, ah, uh, oh, no, here come the stand up people. Right. And I was like, sure. And it just evolved into this. I ran this mic for like seven and a half years in New York. That's awesome. And I, yeah, it. I ended up moving it from Magnet Theater because they need to rearrange the schedule and I needed to be consistent. And uh, and I took it to Identity Bar in the East Village, and it was in the basement. Like, I call it like this, yeah, really dangerous, rapey like basement. Oh, good. So, okay, that's nice. You know, like like you wouldn't know. typically go down there. It was like a drain on the floor. And <laughs> I'm not kidding either. And uh, and yeah, and so I had it there. And then uh, one day. Another comedian uh, texted me and he's like, hey, did you see that identity bar is all locked up? I was like, what? So I had to go and find another uh, bar to accommodate my mic that we. So I found the M White bar. And then one day I showed up like uh, 45 minutes for the mic and they were locked up. They their 
their liquor license had lapsed. Oh. So I went, I went farther downtown and I found a, found another bar that was fairly new, uh, Casa Humo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was like, Hey, do you need some people in here? I've got comedians coming for a mic and my place shut down. He's like, bring them. So everybody came down there and we just business as usual. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, so this were- this actually uh, th- raises a, a couple a couple of points. Like around that time, I remember even in Toronto, there was a lot more sketch exposure, and people were doing exactly that, like doing like kind of open mics, and like they um, this is de- like the the Rivoli, the place that that uh, the kids in the hall basically built. Uh, effectively, yeah. they just kept doing shows and shows, and shows. They they ran sort of like on. Two consecutive nights, they did like a stand-up show, and then they did like a sketch show the next night. So it was like the alt alt comedy and alt sketch, um, and that they, they, like around that time, it kind of petered off. But it was nice when there was like all this opportunity to, to do sketches. But the one the thing that you said that I just went, oh shit, that is so accurate. Um, as soon as a comedian finds out that the words "open" and "mic" are close to each other anywhere, they will show up. Call in. Who books that? Is like, hi, I'm here for the open mic. This is an AA meeting. The fuck are you? <laughs> well, can I get five minutes? No. Yeah. It's so true. Yes. I found out. I, I like as soon as I started doing improv. Even every time I'd walk into a place, I was like, can we do a show here? Like, right. where's space for? Yeah. Every single time, I was I was scouting out a place to do a show mm-hmm. constantly. Always. And that's you're you nailed it. And comedians are like, oh, there's an open mic here. Where do I put my name or a sign up sheet? Exactly. They do not mess around. Yeah. So. So, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty, pretty fun. I loved it. I loved. Oh, yeah. It's it's also fantastic to generate material. Right. Oh, like 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 a buddy of mine is doing something that I used to do. Um in uh for for a, a similar station in there's a small town called Brockville that had a radio station there and I used to do Thursday morning jokes for them I, I had like a segment and so they would send me the topics beforehand I would write up jokes and then do them on air with them live and then I would take those jokes and go well the, some of those are okay and then I would use them at my open mic I was running that Thursday it was just like a fantastic factory for material like like if you're advice for like any comic out there goes like, how do I get better? Open up an open mic. It's a pain in the ass. You have to deal with a venue. You have to deal with comics, which is even worse. But the, the benefit of having that guaranteed stage time every single week is, is priceless. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There is so the experience of running a mic is so valuable and there's so many ways it can go wrong. Right. You know? And I think it's so important, especially for people who want to produce a show, run a mic first. Yeah. Learn how to run a mic. Learn how to be a good host. Learn how to actually pay attention to what's happening in the room because it makes all the difference in the world. Like whoever's hosting mics, it makes a huge difference in how the mic goes and how they how they hold the room and make things move along. You know, you go to a lot of them and, you know, the host, where's the host? Oh, they're not even in here. They're right. like outside, whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, you can, t- there's so much to learn and even how people approach you and how to get booked on stuff and how people want to be treated. Cause I think uh, people don't realize the people that often run mics and stuff, they may be running the next show you want to be booked in. They exactly. may be, you don't never know who you're 
talking to in mm-hmm. general and vice versa. Like it goes a long way in how you treat people and how you respond to those emails when it was an email sign up or yeah. those kind of things. So. I, I ran in Toronto a regular. In fact, we, ju- we just did another one uh, recently. I have a show called Write Em Up where uh, here's a shameless plug. Um, uh, I host a show and I bring comics. They, like Comics come on, they do time, they leave. But while they're doing it, I've got writers writing roast jokes about everything the comic did. And so comic goes away, I pick up the cards and I read the roast to the audience verbatim, providing anonymity and emotional distance for the writer. And so I would, like whenever I went to open mics, I would catalog and go, okay, they can get booked in about two, three months. They're really good now. They'll be even better in like two to three months, you know, and I would just, you know, I would pitch the idea and it was, I only had, I think one person not be cool with being roasted and I've only had Two comics out of like over six to seven years that we did that we did the thing that uh, were pissed off with their roasts. Like, like, yeah, the worst the worst you get is stupid sweater and quick comedy. Like that's that's those are the two things. <laughs> so don't quit comedy. You're not going to, and just wear a better sweater next time. Fuck, I don't know, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, no, it's it's a good experience, and I also. I, I don't know what you think. I, I love seeing new people. Yes. I love seeing new people keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of like an AA meeting. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I like people when to see their growth. It's incredible mm-hmm. to see people, someone who goes up for the very first time and then later they're booking shows left and yes. right. And it's a really nice. The flip side of that coin is uh, <laughs> when you see someone and they come back yeah. every week and for four and a half years, they're doing the exact same five minutes. Yeah. 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 There, I probably have done that. Yeah. <laughs> there is. There, no, you have not because you're successful. These are the people that just, and maybe that's all they want to do. They just wanted every, but like, but like there was a guy, uh, who, like the, the owner of the bar that we, the, uh, that ran this one show in Toronto called Groove, right? He knew this one guy and knew his set so he could mouth the words. He just started referring to him as smoke break. And just like, oh, smoke breaks on. Out he goes. <laughs> it's like, I know I need to be back behind the bar because he's about to wrap up. So, yeah. There's a, so it, it's an interesting line for me. If I'm doing a show, I want to do tried and true material. So it might, it's most likely sets that people have seen before. But if I'm doing a mic, that's where I'd like to try my new stuff. Mm-hmm. But I still don't ever want to drop working out bits people have heard before because they've heard them before. Because uh-huh. I want to be solid and it, it's interesting because new people i hear often a, a lot from super new people would tell me i'll never do the same joke twice i'm like but how can you make it better exactly if you don't do more than once right you know one person i know did that and that was norm mcdonald and i don't know if you know norm mcdonald he was fine but like <laughs> back then like back in back in his open mic days he didn't know that you weren't supposed to go over jokes again like he had to be told like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's yeah. Like, like you need to, it, this happened to me, th- uh, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, this happened to me. Uh, I was doing the, the, the comedy club here in Ottawa runs seven days a week. Well, there's, there's more than one, but like absolute is the one that I, I work at mostly. And, th- um, the Wednesday is like their pro-am night. So it was like, perfect. I will use this opportunity to try out new jokes. I deliberated, you know, all, all night. And it's like, but what the thing was, and I get there and I'm on first and I'm like, ah. shit. And as I look at the crowd, I'm like, 
I don't want to tank the show immediately, right? <laughs> like if I was fourth or fifth on the bill, they would have like the crowd would have warmed up. I would have had more accessibility to try out new stuff and find the extensions on them and that sort of thing. So I'm just like fuck so like tried and true went to the put a sandwich like like one new joke in the middle just so i didn't hate myself on the drive home and then yeah i yeah. hate that i don't mind going first don't get me wrong like in a lot of cases it's nice because i get to go home but the uh the, the it's just, it was just that one moment where i'm like i don't want to fuck up this these these people's night right <laughs> they don't need to hear my first take on something no that's but see, yeah, I love that you can assess the room and determine what's needed at oh, that time. Dude. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh this place Groove Bar, there were there were nights where I did the same thing. It's like, okay, I'm gonna I I've been working on this all week. You know, I think I've tweaked this a little bit, I've tweaked that one. It's like I think we're starting to tighten up here. Let's try it in a new room and see what's happening. And yeah, I walk in and I look at the audience and the gathering of people audience. There's two people watching the Blue Jays lose, and then you know, <laughs> And 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 then there's just comics that are on Tinder the entire time. So that's when I would look at the room and go, um, well, let's go to the phone and see stuff I have never done before. Let's just try that. And hey, eggs are stupid. That's what it says here. I have no idea what this joke is, but yeah, eggs are stupid. But you took a crack at it. Uh, there we go. <laughs> see, oh. see, that's why, that's why we have the Linsk. On here, that's <laughs> yeah. the nickname you need. You know, the Linsk is here. The Linsk. The Linsk. Yeah. Um. So what? So I assume you did comedy in L.A. as well. Yeah, when you went back. I did. Yeah. I, I I started producing some shows there. I did. I produced some shows for like six months on Long Beach. Nice. And then, yeah. And then I started podcasting mm-hmm. <laughs> for like a hundred episodes, and I was like, I'm done with that. Right. And then. <laughs> because it wasn't funny my podcast wasn't funny i tried something well new. leanne i'll level with you it hasn't stopped us for 13 years yeah. so <laughs> remember todd's story about the being on the radio once a week yeah that was how this podcast started yes really <laughs> yes oh, those recordings of those and me introing them yeah <laughs> that was it that was it because <laughs> see i like podcasts yeah i just it's a lot of work to do a podcast oh it's stupid yeah. Yeah. We still don't get these things out on time. Like we're just so dumb. It's like it's mainly me. But the 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 but it went back to that date. Like the the origin story is like Darcy had found out he was like cutting edge on this, knew about podcasting and stuff like that because it was brand new. Like there's like four, and uh, he says you should do a podcast. And then I got to say, and this was this is younger me saying, what's a podcast? Like it's not like my dad, right? He's like, what's a podcast? And so he described it to me, and I went, how much work do I need to do for it? He's like, I can just take the audio for that. Perfect. So I need to do nothing, and I have a podcast. Yes. Beautiful. Every comedian's dream, right? Yes. Yes. I want the thing, and I want zero effort to have it. Yes. And I want to sleep till noon. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Podcast. Do I get a free burger and a beer if I do this, though? Because that seals the deal. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Maybe some gas money. You get uh, you get you get a beer ticket. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Unless you're in Newfoundland, if you're in the province, if you're in St. John's, Newfoundland, I did a I did a show there. And uh, have you ever been to Newfoundland? You ever been to the East Coast? No. Okay. I've been to the East to no no. Okay. There. Okay. So St. John's, Newfoundland, is um, they're they're good people. They're decent people. Like like when I went there for like 
for like a week uh, with my wife. I came back to Toronto and met up with my friends from Newfoundland who were comics. And I just looked at them and went, I understand you now. It's subtle. It's subtle how like the, the, the different, but like they are very chummy pally and like want, you know, uh, it's a big drinking culture. Let's put it that way. So like I'm used to getting a beer ticket for before a show. Uh, and so, okay, so you can use this at any point. Uh, they start you off with three. Oh, three. Okay. And before the show started, a guy came up and said, I want to buy all the comics a shot. Okay. We, we haven't said word one. <laughs> this guy hasn't been walked on a rape joke yet. So, <laughs> okay. So, four drinks in, and that's how the shows go in Newfoundland. Um, All right. Yeah. That's excellent. Yes. Yes. Do you know? Do uh, like we'll 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 get to plausible after this, but I I, I have to ask: do, do you do like like in person open mics in in Seattle now? Like is that is that pro- producer bug still with you, or have you now? you know, augmented it with the, with the new, uh, excursion. The bug is still in me. And if I didn't have plausible, I would still be doing it. Sure. But the truth is I haven't done any in-person shows since I moved here. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I haven't, I've done everything mm-hmm. online on plausible. Yeah. It's because you hate the fucking people of Seattle. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I actually uh, don't. It's funny since since COVID, I don't. We don't really go out anymore. Nah. And I don't know if it. I you know I've come to a certain age also at this point, and I don't know that probably has a lot to do with it also. Mm-hmm. But my desire to sit around and wait for my ups, you know, is like I, I don't. I'm sleeping at a certain you know early. Right. You know, I'm getting my drool on. So <laughs> I'm. I'm totally with you, but like, like, so we, we used to live in Toronto and like, I lived there like half my life. And then we moved right at the beginning of the pandemic. We moved to Ottawa for like my wife's work and our parents, because they're both of our sets. Our parents are at an age where we need to be in the same area code. If you know what I mean. Right. And my mom just celebrated her 80th birthday. Yay. Happy birthday. Yeah. So she said no gifts that so uh i uh i uh i i fucked her a little bit and i still got her a gift card so a dollar a year at mcdonald's that's her favorite restaurant so wow yeah i'm built on classy um but no like i'm with you like since since the pandemic we're kind of holed up here and i was no stranger to a zoom show like before i uh the first packages i had sent to the house were a green screen and a rack for it and some spotlights so that we could we could light up because I have this I have the podcasting equipment here for the soundboard. I have a stage microphone I used for like corpus and stuff like that, and I just moved that here just to keep the um just to keep the look and feel of a comedy show. And like the screen I would use would be like a brick wall, so it like you know it looked like I was doing a comedy show. I have like Bluetooth headphones, so the the things are right there, so you know I can I can move around in that. And it's just it's playing to the camera, and it's like it, it was. So necessary. Like, I know, like, a lot of people shat on it, but I, as soon as it happened, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, we did our write them up shows on online. Like, we moved them there because no one was able to do anything. And it really helped. So, like, when, at what point during The World is Burning did you go, I need to start a company that will do entertainment online? Well, oddly enough, I started it before COVID. What? Did you start COVID for this? Because... 
I am. Everyone's looking at Wuhan and no one is looking at the Linsk. So. Yes. I, so two things. Uh, first of all, I know the first person who is diagnosed with COVID here. What? Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know friend. patient zero? Yes. In Seattle. Yep. Yes. Wow. I, yeah. Since I moved here, I met her. Um, very cool person too. But uh, I separately, uh, before COVID, in August of 2019, BC, as I like to refer mm-hmm. to COVID, um, I started doing shows on Zoom because I moved from New York to LA, Long Beach. I moved there from East Coast to West Coast uh, at the end of 2014, beginning of 2015. And I was like, I, you know, here I'd been running a mic for so many years. I'm like, I need to take it on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of the reaction. People were like, Skype, what dial up, you know, what, what, what. And I was like, no, I, I had this job where I'd been using Zoom for several years already. And that was back in 2014, 2015. Right. And I'm like, maybe I'll do that. And then my life kind of got flipped upside down, you know, because people are like, oh, Leanne, did you move to LA for your comedy? And I was like, well, I guess you could say that. I moved there for a man. And that turned out to be a joke. I mean, right. I literally moved across country. And then seven weeks later, he's like, I changed my mind. <laughs> so <laughs> what he changed his mind on being in LA or, or being with you? Being with me. Oh, shit. Yeah. That sucks. Okay. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, I can't go backwards. Like, I gave up my apartment. Oh. You know, apartment to get an apartment. And and I like, well, and so I I got a place and I just started producing shows here and whatnot and did all that. But anyway, um, I was like, I want to, I, I also was spending so much time in traffic because he had told me, oh, Long Beach really is really close to LA. It's super easy to get in and out of. And <laughs> that's a lie also. <laughs> and it like takes forever to right. go do a five minute set in LA from Long Beach. Um, and I was like, how do I bridge this gap so I can get more time to work out jokes in between and gigs? Like, I don't want to spend days. I don't want to be driving into LA every day. It's just stupid because it takes 30 minutes to go two miles, just to go to the grocery. So how do I, how do I bridge that gap? And I was like, I got to take it online. So I, I, after a couple of years of producing and podcasting and stuff, I started doing things on zoom yeah. and I invited a few people and they're like, Oh, this is interesting. And then they're like, why aren't you charging us for, you know, the time on you? I'm like, what? Like someone's asking me to charge them for stuff. And I'm like, maybe I really am on to something. And and although Zoom is great, it got through this pandemic. I am not one to bash other technology that did us a great service. Right. Um, but it, it it's great, but it's not ideal. It wasn't created for entertainment. Correct. Right. There's a lot of things um, that could be better. And I was like, how do I improve those things? And also, how do I streamline this process to make some of these things easier and while we're at it, how do we earn money as mm-hmm. comedians? Yes. The business model kind of unfair in a lot of ways, right? I mean, how many times do we have to do things for free? My, my, you know, tech people don't do stuff for free. Right. So, you know, bus drivers don't drive a school bus for free. Yeah. So uh, what's the deal? So anyway, I started doing things on online before COVID, had a bunch of regulars, had things going, then COVID happened and voila, everybody's doing everything online. But I had already decided I wanted to fix some of these other problems. And I had uh, was like, how do I scale this? How do I get into this ecosystem of finding the people I need in order to? I can hear the business degree coming out now. Right. <laughs> so I went back to school. I During COVID, I went back. I got my master's in innovation and entrepreneurship mm-hmm. from University of California, Irvine. 
And after that, I got involved, uh, I got accepted into an incubator and then an excel- a couple of accelerators, which um, helped fund me and get- helped me build my team. So we built an entire platform for comedy nice. so comedians can earn money. Mm-hmm. So the control goes in the hands of the comedian rather than a gatekeeper. So basically, a comedian can come on to Plausible, create an account. You get like your own LinkedIn type page, right? Mm-hmm. Like your own comedian profile. You get all the scheduling tools so you can schedule your own shows and mics online. Uh, you can have the virtual stage. It's We're not cobbled together other technologies. We created all of our own. It's all, all Plausible. So when you log in, you're logging into the Plausible streaming platform and you do live shows so that you can see and hear the audience. They can all see and hear you and each other. But we don't have the audio delays or cutouts that I know are like so frustrating right. when it comes to timing and jokes. But also the screen, we laid out the screen differently so that we know a lot of people go into gallery view. But if we're in gallery view, what are you looking at? Everybody in gallery view. Right. So you still see the whole audience, but the dominant person is the comedian because they should be taking focus or whoever else they have on stage with them. So you can put multiple people on stage with you and created it such a different way so that people are, it's not, no, it's not passive online listening. It's active listening and participation so that comedians, we can get a read if our jokes are working or not. And then at the end, uh, the audience members can rate and review each comedian, leave feedback, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be adding. So it'll be like Uber passenger driver. So you can rate and review them. Like if you have a heckler, hey, stop, <laughs> you right. know, or one star, uh, that'll be coming. <laughs> but that kind of stuff. So we put it in the hands that each comedian, they can set their own ticket prices. So if you want to charge uh, $5, $10 a ticket and, and, book your show out and share those earnings with people you can. I mean, uh, we take a cut of that, but the majority of the revenue goes to the comedian. Right. hosting the show. So I, I really wanted to take and flip the business model. And I never, I know that it's impossible. Or I actually, me personally, my opinion is I don't think we can replicate in person no. because there's a magic to in person. We're always going to want to be mm-hmm. we're human, like a, a need, a basic need. Right. I think that we, have. but what if what if we can supplement that? What if we could do stuff in between? Mm-hmm. Like to the problem I was solving with myself is what if you could do stuff in between and supplement your income or at least work out your jokes and expand your network and your fan base outside your geographic area? Why what why not? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And like uh it, it was funny cuz like when uh, we're, we're we're basically on this uh, we'll go behind the curtain a little bit. Uh, Leanne and I met on this. Basically, it's a uh, dating service for podcast guests where they, you know, you say, I have a podcast and people go, uh, well, I, I am a guest of podcasts. And then they kind of link you up together. And uh, as soon as I saw Plausible, I was like, oh, my God, I literally just signed up for that. So uh, I'm looking for I have been way too busy. So I haven't been able to do like any sort of virtual mics, but I love I still love doing them. And, uh, so I, I cannot wait to, uh, it'll probably have to wait until the new year, but, uh, definitely as I'm, as I'm ramping up and doing, I'm trying to get the next album together. So this is the exact sort of thing I'd be looking to, to, to leverage, you know, to come in, try out jokes, see where they, see where they kind of land. And also here's the other thing too, is 
there, uh, it, it, because the, the audience is varied and they can come from anywhere in, on the planet, you get a sense of like sort of what glow, like it's not a regional joke. It's something that's, that's definitely that this taps into kind of many population groups, which is, is also really good. So, um, how did you physically code the thing? Like, are you a coder as well? Like, hmm. I'm a non-technical founder. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I had to basically map it all out. Um, my whole big vision for it and everything. And then it was not, I think the hardest part of this was finding the, the right people. Right. Who understood my vision and could code it. And I found an amazing team. I'm so, I'm beyond grateful. They've been amazing to awesome. work with and they, and they get it, you know? Um, so yeah, so that's what I did, but I'm a non techie. Right. Yeah. I, someone was asked me if I coded. I went, not if you wanted to work. <laughs> All right, Leanne, that sound is the indicator that we have for the joke portion of the show. This is where I invite you, the guest, to yeah. tell your joke, your favorite street joke. We actually have uh, a listener that has written in. And they want us to uh, to tell their joke. Uh, and you can do so, too. If you're sitting here listening to this going, I have a joke I would like aired. You can send it to jokes at oshopod.com. You know the rules. Can be dirty or clean. No isms, no obias. Now, uh, this is, uh, again, regular contributor to the show, CB Inc. Uh, this is, he sent it kind of like in bullet, bullet form. So this is one of my favorite jokes anyway. So I'm just going to. Uh, I'm going to use his, his words and just kind of like link them all together and just kind of amp it up a little bit. Right. So this young woman and her, uh, has her child and they're walking along the beach one day when a big wave comes up and washes the little boy out to sea. So she immediately drops to her knees, puts her hands together and begins praying to God. Said, God, please. I am a, I am a Christian woman for, from the day I was born. I can only ask that you return my son to me safe. Please, I will do anything for you. I will forever be in your debt. Please bring back my child. And another wave crashes on and leaves the little boy right at her feet. And she checks him out. And he's coughing up a little bit of water, but like he seems fine. Everything's great. And she looks at him and then she puts her hands back together and goes, he had a hat. <laughs> it's one of my favorite jokes. So dumb. Thank you, CB Inc. Uh, Leanne, that's the bar you need to clear. So, oh, that's the bar I need to clear. That's the bar you need to clear. That is <laughs> my joke. Yes, your joke. Let's hear it. Let's hear your favorite street joke. Well, I guess I should tell a, a street joke, like not my own. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any street jokes. I just have my own and I'd like to tell a mom joke. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I don't have any kids that I know of. All right. Yeah. So when I was 35, <laughs> though. When I was 30 in the 90s were wild. Uh, when I was 35, my doctor was like, uh, you may want to consider freezing your eggs, right? And I was like, what? I don't even buy groceries more than two days out. <laughs> I mean, truth is, I mean, could you imagine I'd have a 17-year-old in my freezer right now? Jeffrey Dahmer be damned. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take him out for dinner right now. <laughs> He'd be so far behind. He'd wear, be wearing a Livestrong bracelet, obsessed with the breakup of Justin's child, and listening to an iPod shuffle. I don't know. That's the extent of my mom joke. There you go. <laughs> that's my child in my fridge. Yeah. <laughs> all good children belong. Yes. <laughs> There's. 
I guess it's good. I never had children. Okay. Yeah. The <laughs> have kids. Yeah. The one, right. the one parenting joke that just came to mind, and this is literally how this show started, is just like, okay, I got one. I got one. Like, like, uh, hence the name. Okay, so here's one. This uh, kid, this little kid, uh, walks in on his parents having sex, and uh, and uh, the, the father goes, close the door, close the door, close the door, and he closes the door, and uh, he uh, after he's he's done, he goes to the the kid's room. The kid is just kind of like sitting on the edge of the bed and goes. What, uh, what was, uh, what, what, what's wrong, kiddo? He goes, what were you doing to mom? He goes, I was just helping her. That's all I was doing. She just, you know, she had uh, a little, um, you know, a little, t- uh, a little sore throat. And we were, this, this sometimes helps. This is, you know, a little thing. He's just like, you know, it's totally normal. Everything's fine. It's like, okay, fine. And so the next night the father hears this ruckus and he goes into uh, the grandmother's room and there's the kid having sex with the grandmother and the the father goes what the hell are you doing and the kid looks up and goes not so funny when it's your mom is it <laughs> beautiful one of my favorite jokes. Um, Leanne, where do people find you online? I saw you got like two or three kind of Twitter things and maybe you don't, you're not on Twitter anymore. What, uh, where, where do people find you uh, socially? Well, first of all, plausible is P-L-A-U-Z-Z-A-B-L-E-Z-Z if you're in the States. We'll have a link in the show notes for this so they can check it out and, and sign up and that sort of thing. Um, do you have any, do you have any uh, pro tips for people who are just signing up initially uh, at plausible? Yeah. Uh, sign up. Complete your profile and attend a mic so you get the full uh, idea of how it works. Definitely join the community. A lot of regulars, a lot of good people. So if you want to expand your network worldwide, my pro tip would be like attend, attend, attend. Showing up is 80% of success. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, where do people find you online? Plausible.com and at Plausible on Twitter, at Plausible on Instagram, at Plausible on Facebook. Okay. And which one's you? Because I found... Um, oh shoot, I lost my thing. There was like two Leanne uh, Linsky links. One was like, hey, it's Leanne. And the other one was like, L- laugh life or something like that. Like, oh yeah. Uh, so it's really me, Leanne. It's really me, Leanne is my personal one. But okay. I don't think I've probably, I don't know. Years, years. Uh, yeah, the the posts <laughs> were, the posts were like uh, 2016 election. I think it's going to be tight. Like I think it was, that was your last post. <laughs> and then, and then uh, life laughter divorce was the other one. That right. was or life laughter. Life laughter mm-hmm. was the other one because I had a podcast right uh, at one point uh, about divorce, which mm-hmm. I, that was the one. It didn't turn out to be too funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I was the only one who thought divorcing people over and over again was hilarious, yeah. but I don't know. I have a weird sense of humor. Right. So that was up. All right. Are you on Insta or anything like that? Insta at plausible. Nothing personal. Okay, so it's all just plausible. Oh, all the magic happens on LinkedIn. Oh, of course. Oh, Jesus. Right. <laughs> I I got like my LinkedIn blew up this week and I didn't know why. And I like, oh, I was like, oh, congratulations on your work anniversary. It was like, oh, shit, I haven't worked there in 10 years. And it's like, congrats on your 10 year anniversary. He's like, oh, no, no, that's, yeah. 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 And I think I still have an active MySpace somewhere. Okay. Had a girl. That's where we'll send them. Yep. Yeah. I need to update my my theme music. Sure. For that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, my top eight. You should be in my top eight. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
I should, I I will I will find my MySpace <laughs> and add you to your top eight. Um, thank you. Leanne, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for telling us about Plausible. Uh, you're great. You're welcome back anytime. Well, thanks, and I look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for listening to OK So Here's One, a podcast celebrating street jokes. Thank you to Leanne for telling her fresh jokes. Not a street joke, but it's OK. We had some others in there. You can follow uh, her not on social media, as we discussed, but uh, you can certainly find her company, Plausible, at P-L-A-U-Z-Z-A-B-L-E, or it's easy if you're American. You can find 23 seasons of her previous podcast, Comedy Above the Pub, that feature many of the guests that you hear today on OK So Here's One. Uh, you can find those at ComedyAboveThePub.com or wherever fine podcasts are available if you like this podcast please tell your friends like subscribe leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to and just like the old days leave a five-star review but talk shit about us in the comments five stars talk shit about us in the comments the show is produced by darcy finder our music is done by larry bryant artwork is done by Wojtek arkashewski and if you have a joke that you want to tell just like cb inc did today you can send it to us it can be dirty or clean no isms no obias uh, send those to jokes, that's J-O-K-E-S, at oshopod.com, O-S-H-O-Pod.com, stands for OK, so here's one pod. You can send questions and comments about the show to show at oshopod.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and now Blue Sky. We're on Blue Sky. I'm not, but this podcast is. And we're also on TikTok. You can find us all at oshopod on all of those platforms. You can follow me personally on those platforms, except for Blue Sky, at Hey It's TVA, uh, at an underscore for Instagram. Long story. For my upcoming live performances, and I have a couple, uh, December 16th, the Saturday, I will be at Meow That's Hot in Ottawa. I'll be uh, performing a show there. Uh, and I also have some shows at Yuck Yucks uh, mid to late December. You can find all those details at heyitstba.com slash calendar. You can join our Patreon for $3 a month, and you get the full raw feed, unedited video, plus bonus perks and extra jokes at patreon.com slash oshopod. I'm Todd Van Allen. On behalf of Leanne, the no longer erstwhile, Darcy and myself. Thank you for listening to OK So Here's One. Jimmy, Bobby, and Monty, you are always the podcasts. 